I'm uh, sitting here in my 2003 Chevy Impala badass car right now, and um, I'm thinking to myself how awesome it is to have people like uh, Jack, the operator, and and Kent to remind me that that whatever the world says, there's people like me out there. And uh, I really appreciate you guys adding just humanity to what I like to, to new media, right? Because we see a lot of like fake shit and you guys are just real people and I love it and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Not that you need me to fucking tell you that. But keep it up, dude. We do need people to tell us that. You yeah, know what because I mean? that's a huge compliment. Huge. Huge. And it matters. It fuels us. Like when you get something like that, it, it, it puts you puts your butt back in your seat and you finish the edit kind of thing rather than going on a walk and wondering what you've done with your life. Uh, you can be You know, what he's talking about is uh, being able to listen to something that isn't just making sure that they toe the line of what is okay like and and just following along with whatever is supposed to be like and having flaws as a person and having opinions and and being a real person and not just some fucking puppet that's mm-hmm. dancing on the end of a string uh whether it's and all those true crime podcasts by major like wondery you know are like that right. every one of them um, I, I, and it's even getting our, less and less. Even our conversation about <laughs> running ads seems pretty genuine. <laughs> yeah, I hate the ads, and I hate most of the companies that we do the ads for. And I don't know anything about any of their products. And when I say they have this new, I'm literally reading from a script that they sent me in an email. And I didn't even know any of the stuff that you're hearing in the ad until I was reading it on the spot. <laughs> uh, so to to contrast us with a wondery, the, the thing that will probably always keep some dollars out of our pocket is because we're un, unabashed uh, and, and not like a we're not like, you know, Marvin Hemeyer in in a in a vehicle trying to take down the world. We're not doing it just wantonly, but. We're realistic, and sometimes that realism may end up actually costing us because some advertisers might be like, "No, no, we don't like the, the you know the we don't like the ingredients of those shows," and it, I think it has affect, uh, affected our ability to get some some advertisers. So, but sacrifice, uh, you know, doing you know, it would just feel like color. a lot less fake if they would send me some of their product to try. Before I record an ad for it, I just want that. That's what I want. I right. hate lying. That's why I'm so like open about it and off recordings and stuff. And I'm just lying, and it hurts my soul. And I'm yeah. getting ready to record one right after we get done with this, where <laughs> I've got to fucking lie into this microphone. And I don't even like that. If they would just send me their products, that way I could be like, okay, yeah, this is a good product. I don't feel bad promoting this, right? And I wonder. A handful of them that you've done lately have been like either online services or movies that are coming out or music. You've been thrown a couple that are kind of a weird curve where there is really no product to consume per se. Yeah, and something like Drizzly, 
you know, which yeah. I do feel good about that company. It's mm-hmm. like it's Uber for for booze. Yeah. Like, I don't need to test that out. That's a great fucking idea, and I'm all for that. <laughs> I can promote that and not feel guilty, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and I do like Gaia Provides. They sent me, and they sent me another package this this, this week, and That's or last cool. week. Great stuff, and I know what I'm promoting, you know. Right. Yep. Well, and that and that's been the case, and and some people might might right now be like, well, the operator did say all the stuff comes to him. So any ads that you've done lately, like I haven't received that product in the mail or any access to those online services or anything like that. So I'll make sure that if you ever have to do an ad for something that is product based, that your address is the one that it's being sent to. Yeah, really. So you don't think I'm sitting here eating all the every you know, every plate and you're like, I don't even care about. I just don't want to lie. It's not even about like wanting stuff. Right. It's about not wanting. I hate like lying. Oh yeah, you know like this. <sighs> Fucking vegan box has the best broccoli bots that's ever come out. Go to vegan box talk. Like, let me try the broccoli bots. And if right. I don't like the broccoli bots, then I'm not going to promote vegan box. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree with you there. I agree with you. And this guy said he was sitting in a 2003 Impala, and that's what my wife drove when we first started dating, and it caught in fire in front of a Hastings, and I had to put the fire out with a bottle of Sprite. <laughs> Did he say 2003? 2003 Impala is what he said. That's exactly what my wife drove. And, and that story is true. I had to put the fire out. Her car caught fire. I had to put it out with a two-liter bottle of Sprite. One of my biggest heartaches is when they brought the Impala back because it was a it was a really cool car back in the day. But it's hard to remember the history of the Impala because it wasn't necessarily an amazing car back then. It was a daily driver. It wasn't, you know, it was like the Mustang of old. It wasn't intended to be this hot rod muscle car. It was intended to be a daily driver. Uh, but everybody turned their Impalas into these amazing works of art. And so I couldn't only imagine when they came out with the Impala again, the origin, the, the initial advertising, da- advertising for it and everything showed these like thick back tires and it was like meaty. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's yeah. going to be an amazing car. And then it came out and it felt like something that M- Michael Scott would drive. Or your grandma to church. Yes. Yeah. And then I had the Shoney's. <laughs> afterwards <laughs> it, it, it was so watered down I'm sure that there's a version of it that was crazy and awesome but you'd have to upgrade the crap out of it uh, same with the, the charger the charger came out and it looked like something my grandma could drive unless you checked a lot of boxes to really add-ons add-ons yes you, you can know what I always cool. wanted when it came out a muscle car a modern muscle car I think they did well was the GTO Yes. Remember when that thing came out? It kind of yes. looked like a family car almost, but it had that rumble of an American muscle car. It was so good. That thing was beautiful. I love it when when they 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 stick to the plan. Like the latest Bronco, great. I love it. You know, it's it's a modernized version of a toaster because the old Broncos were just big boxes. Or the Challenger. The Challenger, mm. Yeah, love it's beautiful. Car. Love it. Just so It's beautiful. Just, I always wanted a Dodge Magnum. I had one. I had a Dodge Magnum with a Hemi. I love those things. It, and my wife it, says they look like grocery getters, but that's what I just love how the, the ass of it slopes downward, right? It kind of looks like yeah. a like a hearse from hell. Yes. 
Mine was silver and it would pin your ears back. Like I could, I could leave the line and beat a lot of those little rice burner cars. Um, it was a sleeper. I loved it. I actually, I had a, I had that and I had a, a Mustang 5.0 at the same time. And I'm pretty sure that that Magnum probably could have beaten the Mustang. It, I loved it. Underrated loved it. car. Yes, very much. And you can put car seats in it. Car That's seats. what I love. You could literally put a casket in it. It's a station wagon. So, yeah, you know. it's a badass station wagon. Mm. I've always wanted one. All-wheel drive, too. So that thing sticks to the road. And when you got the Hemi in it, it's just, oh, it was glorious. And when you see those Magnums that are done up, they got a little bit of, not dragging the ground, but just lowered a little bit, a thick tire on the back of it, big, like not goofy big rims, like eight, like 19s maybe. Yeah. Oh, all blacked out. Those things are gorgeous, man. Oh, murdered out. There's a murdered out one in town here that I just love. Oh yeah, I, I love cars. I love cars. Sounds like you do too. Are are you uh, are you automotively inclined? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I I was like real big into cars from the time I was sixteen to probably about like twenty four, twenty five. Mm. Um, cars. I lived and breathed cars. So yeah. Okay. I do all my own like work on my vehicles and everything. As long, if it doesn't involve dropping the engine, I do it. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm becoming the same way. This the 99 Superban is a simple enough machine that it allows me to dig in. I've got a whole shelf of stuff I've bought over over time to to keep like I've got a throttle body spacer I've got to put on it and I don't know what I'm doing, but I put on the cold air. It's super intake. easy. Yeah. Four so bolts. Yeah, four bolts, and yeah. so everybody says. Every mechanic says that all the time, though, about everything. They're like, "Oh yeah, you need to change your transmission. Yeah, it's super easy. Four bolts. <laughs> maybe this maybe. literally is four bolts, though. <laughs> I know <laughs> everything's four bolts. <laughs> four bolts, four hundred and fifty pounds. You know. Also, you need a, a ten jacks. So. And you're in that ninety-nine there. That's that sweet point before everything started getting electronic. Yes, everything. And everything. To computers. Mine is mine's called the OBS. It's the original body style, so it's still squarish. Yeah, it was before they turned everything into you know a blobfish. Um, so I I love it. It's also oh my gosh, it's I've never had a car that was as much like a needy teenager, where I can't seem to give it up. Like I I I drive I I drove my neighbors like platinum. F-150, and it, it had, like, um, cruise control AI, so when you turn the cruise control on, you just tell it how much of a distance you want to keep between your car and See, the car in front of you, and it'll do it. It, like, it was unbelievable, and all of these things, and, and like, it didn't rattle your kidneys when you went over bumps, but I can't bring myself to go down to a car lot and buy one, so I just keep, like, pouring you know, band-aid money into I'm the same way. The yeah. oldest video the oldest the young the newest vehicle we own is an 07. Yeah. Uh but it's mine. All of my yeah. vehicles are mine. I own them. Yeah. You know, I don't owe any money on any of them. I got the Superban for free in a trade for a little bit of social media marketing for somebody. And uh that felt good. Uh, I, I I guess another thing I should admit is there's there is an awkward phase with 
podcasting where you make a plea a lot when you're first starting how poor you are and, you know, got to pay the bills and da-da-da-da-da. And then when things just get this side of that not being as desperate anymore, there's a bit of shame anytime that you have to, like, you know, make a plea or tell people to, to subscribe to you on Patreon or anything like that. Um, and I think that's also in the car in my mind. It's like, I, I don't want to upgrade to a new truck or, or, or make that kind of leap because then it just seems like I lost my roots. I don't know if that makes sense. For me, it's, I don't understand. I've never understood trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. I've never understood why people feel like they need to have the newest vehicle. Um, it's never, I've never cared what people, if people think that I have money while I'm out and about in town grabbing a cheeseburger. It's, it doesn't make sense to me. Right. I don't understand why you want to be in a, in a, in the, in a 2022 Escalade or whatever while you're in the checkout line at Wendy's getting a, like, what does it matter what people that are at? I, I don't get it. Yeah. It just doesn't. And like I said, you know, the oldest, the, the newest vehicle we have is an 07, and I just keep the oil changed in them and tires and little basic mechanics. And yeah, it's not easy on the eyes, and I don't look like a millionaire out rolling around in town, but I'm also not in debt. Right. Right. So, like, I, I, I've never understood that. It's it's so stupid to me, and I know people like that who who they're working a job where they're making $9 an hour. And the first thing they do is they buy a brand new vehicle, and now you're stuck with a four hundred dollar vehicle payment, three hundred dollar insurance because you got to have yeah. full coverage, right? And yeah, you look like you're worth a million dollars, but you're like drowning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so stupid. Well, and I, I've, I've always been bad with money. And I've always had this like umbilical cord to money where it's like it's part of my sanity but at the same time I'm not I've never been so my wife manages all of our money I just hand her I'm just like here you go every month and and then I pretend like I'm poor and that that seems to work for me speaking of a million dollars though like this this is a this is something. So we, we go over to uh, friends of ours. I had to, My wife had to pick up a lid for a pan that she forgot. And uh, in their little cul-de-sac, these, these homes are like, they're on two-acre lots. These are, they're amazing. Um, the homes are not like, you know, blow your socks off. You could find them in other neighborhoods and stuff. But the fact that they're on two acres and it's, 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 a, it's positioned in a way that you don't have to see your neighbors and everything. This one house, two doors down from them in the cul-de-sac was for sale. Uh, they want $1.1 million for it. Uh, and we were actually like, hmm, I wonder if we could pull that off. <laughs> Jesus you <know>? Christ. $1.1 <laughs> million? Well, what's funny about it, though, is in my area, I know that the, the, the housing prices are coming out of the atmosphere toward Earth in a fiery blaze. So no one's buying. <laughs> we're, in a, we're in a great position if I were to make an offer, but I think if I don't and I sit on it for six months, that house will probably still be for sale and it'll be... It just dropped $50,000 over a week. That, like that's how fast things are dropping here. Let me tell you the difference in the housing market where you live and the housing market where I live. Yeah. Okay. I live in a five bedroom, three bathroom house. 
uh, full basement. Um, beautiful, by the way. I love beautiful your house. house. It'd been renovated right before we bought it. All new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all original. It was built in '47. It's got original wooden floors that are oh. shiny and beautiful. These arched doorways. We got about a half an acre. It's all fenced in. Five bedroom, three bathroom. We gave $130,000 wow. for, for this house. And that's why I can't fathom living near large cities. Yeah. $130,000 will get you in a, a, like maybe a, a one bedroom um, closet in most yeah. major cities. A five bedroom, three bath on a half acre. In in and around where I live, would you would never see it under seven hundred thousand? Yeah, ever. That's insane. And to I me. live in I, and I don't live in the middle of a city. Uh, yes, I guess it's all relative. And uh, if anybody's wondering, have I reached that level where I can buy a million dollar house? No, <laughs> no. But we were like, hmm. you know, it was sort of like the, 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 the fact that you thought that was reasonable. It, it like makes me almost almost threw up on my dick. <laughs> no, it was just it was interesting that we even had a conversation. We were like, okay, well, and then we were like, well, if we waited six months, it's probably be like seven hundred and fifty thousand, and then you know, da da da. But we were just before this in a five acre property that sold uh, for seventy thousand over asking, and it it went from half a million to six hundred and. I think it ended at six hundred sixty thousand. We didn't. Well, own how it. close are you to like a city though? Um, ten miles. Like just it. Well, like, like there's what's a the main, city? Well, Boise is okay. the big the big city, if you want to call it a big city. Uh, st- statistically speaking, Boise is interesting because it's the the most remote metropolitan city in the United States. Meaning that between it and its next closest big city, which I think Salt Lake, maybe I think is the, is the largest distance from from other metropolitans in the US. So, uh Boise and then there's like little bedroom communities basically that feed Boise. Everybody that lives there more or less works in Boise like Meridian and uh Caldwell and Nampa and these kind of places. And I live I don't live in one of those bedroom communities. I live in an, like an an excised other community that's a little bit further out. So I'm kind of two bedroom communities detached from a major metropolitan, which I enjoy, but it's still getting too big. I, I, we want to move. We want to move. We want to find land again. And because we didn't own the five acre horse property we were on, we were renting it with the first right of refusal to buy it. Yeah. But then when the time came, because they were like, they owned too many properties. And with, uh, the, the, I don't know if this was a foil headed thing to do or not, but their, their finance manager had told them, Hey, you own too many properties. There are new property taxes and like estate tax impositions that are coming in. You got to get rid of some. So <clears throat> they sold before they wanted to, but they, they said, we got to put it up for sale. And we were like, we, we can't do that right now. So we were basically just out. And so I remember when that happened. Yeah, they yeah. threw you guys on your asses. It was overnight, pretty, pretty overnight. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was like it was, we were getting ready to record a a TCK. It was like episode three or whatever, yeah. and you were like, "Oh, by the way, I'm home of this." <laughs> yeah, oh, it, it happened was weird. quick. Yeah, o- uh, over the weekend they told us they were going to list it, and then over that weekend it went sixty thousand dollars over asking, no price 
was a was an offer for asking. It was all over asking, and they had it sold within two days after that. And then it was fast. So yeah, so we're kind of in one of those situations where like um, we're 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 not. We're we're Biden our time. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> I should probably clarify. I, we bought this house for one hundred thirty thousand dollars when the housing market was low. Yeah. Uh, right now, this house would probably sell for two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. You know, um, it's awesome. And then people who go, you tell them that they're like, "Well, why don't you sell it?" And like, what's so stupid about that is like, and go fucking where? Yeah, you can't make a lateral. You gotta go move. somewhere. Exactly. You can't you, buy a, a house for, for or you can't sell a house for like retarded expensive and then buy a house for cheap. The housing market is the same for you as it is yeah. for everybody else. Yeah. And that's the bummer. I mean, it's it's hard to make a lateral move. The, the people like in my town, the one of the things that's affecting our economy and uh, everybody's kind of got a shade of this opinion in Idaho, but uh, California people from California move here or they don't. They have, they sell a home in California for let's say $1.4 million, which is, could be a, you know, a hunk of junk. And they come here and a brand new house in a neighborhood is 400,000, you know, so they'll Never buy been two. lived in. They'll buy two. Yeah. And they'll rent those two out and they'll stay in California. So they're not contributing to the local economy by living here now and working here and everything. They'll buy two houses and, and so the neighborhoods get full of rentals from people that don't live here. Or they do live here and they sell their $1.4 million. They buy a $400,000 home and they're living off the residual. So once again, they're not contributing. So... You know, everybody, every city's got their thing. Uh, that's that's kind of one of ours. It's like, welcome to Idaho, get out. Well, you know, a lot of people would say, well, if you got a, if you give one hundred thirty thousand dollars for a five bedroom house, which we all know is like very cheap, dirt cheap, yeah. Yeah. can't be in a great spot. That's what like people that live in these places where there's you know million dollar apartments, uh, like we have within five minutes uh, a Lowe's a theater and every restaurant you can imagine. So like, I don't know what like more you want, like what they're always like, well, yeah, places like that where these fucking dumb hicks live, <laughs> there's yeah. nothing to do. Like, what do you need? What, what do you need? Like, yeah. what do you, well, there's a theater and we've got restaurants and bars. Hospital and school. There's a you. hospital, you know, there's schools, there's a Lowe's, a Hobby Lobby, a Walmart. Slaying like, it. Like, I don't know what else. No, we don't have like a vegan cafe that only does greek food right you don't have that strip mall with like white house black market and prada you know yeah. you don't have that Where you buy kind coco of chanel yeah right yeah we don't yeah. have that but if right. you want that we don't want you here anyway <laughs> or or they and this is something that's that is interesting is is the dynamic we'll have people from other other states some say that they're political refugees and they're coming here others bring their ideology wish with them but they don't feel comfortable they feel like they're in a you know at a prom suit in a track suit a prom at a prom in a track suit what so you know there that that's a thing too it's like you know they're like how could you subsist without all these amazing stores and we're like well if you moved here and you give it a little time you'd see why it's not a thing here because it's know. stupid <laughs> but to them it's not right i mean but it is stupid <laughs> <laughs> why do you need i don't get it i don't like what do you want what do you what do you want 
What do you want? The, the what, thing, do, what do you think that you have that we don't have? Okay. You know? Okay. Also, though, isn't it interesting? Like, if you rewind over the last, mm, let's say, year, how easy it is to take whatever money is coming in and somehow consume it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Like, we all think we've got our bare minimums and, you know, rock bottoms and our paychecks to paychecks, but any paycheck that comes in, if you're not really careful, you can be living paycheck to paycheck. (laughs) Especially if you don't come for money like me. Yeah, right. right. Well, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. And and, uh, that is not you in particular, but that is why you don't hear a lot of success stories from people that win the lottery because those people aren't they, they're not experienced with having a lot of money just it's, run through it yeah they'll run right through it or they're not they're not ready for what comes part of the dynamic of having money is when people know you have money they knock on your door you know yeah. fam, family comes out of the woodwork and there's all these weird pressures and dynamics to help x y and z and and so yeah yeah i mean money money i like to say money doesn't make you happy more money just makes you more of whatever you were to begin with you know and it takes 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 fortitude to try to like change that so anyway this was kind of a downer was it a downer i don't know what this was i just i'm bummed out because i don't feel funny today I don't know that we have to feel funny all the time. You know what I mean? I have days where I just I don't feel funny today, and it makes me sad. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's and I slept good last night. I don't know. I don't know why I've had a good breakfast. I just don't. I, I, I'm not in a bad mood or anything. I just don't feel funny. Yeah, we're just at peace with things right now. Maybe that's all right. If you, you got another call, I we're not even into the episode yet. Oh, voicemail? Another voicemail. voicemail. Well, I do. I've got the one from the guy that, that said what he said on, on Patreon and then it, came back and apologized. I want to hear a mean one. Those always make okay. me... Those make my dick hard. All right. One sec. Let me... Hold on. We're going to fish through a couple here. One second. We'll find a mean one. All right. Oh, here, here's one. Here's one. Uh, I, I, I don't feel bad about saying... I'm not out... I don't feel like I'm outing this person because they called themselves... Puddentain with an exclamation point. So yeah, Puddentain. All right, uh, let's listen to the, let's listen to this one. one. Two, three, four. Okay, here we go. Hi, uh, I really like nine one one calls podcast. However, whoever runs this thing is a joker, and uh, you know, no matter how much ad freaking. Uh, executive experience he has obviously he is a freaking lax jerk who doesn't know how to freaking keep his word you guys have said so many times how there this thing is going to be straightened out and there's going to be episodes of everything else available and it's a bunch of crap again you guys are absolutely ridiculous uh, maybe jack is okay i don't know maybe uh the operators are Anyway, something is really, really wrong with this with this show and with whoever hell's running it. So I suggest that you freaking get this thing off the fucking air and give somebody else a chance uh, to have this airspace to be able to uh, uh, do what they got to do. And maybe they'll really do what they say instead of be like you, say one thing and do nothing. Okay? Thanks for nothing. 
you had a good show, you fucked it up, you're gonna really fuck it up, and you're probably gonna fuck up the other shows as well. Get your head out of your ass. And quit thinking you're the fucking everything there was, all that. I love this guy. Wow, me too. I mean, he's right. He's 100% right. He's 100% right. Oh, He really lets you have it. He did. You know, and he's not, okay, man. Again, again, like, I wish I was a Wondery. I wish 1159 was a Wondery. Because there'd be a hallway full of people who keep this thing accountable. Yeah. The unfortunate part is... Uh, You're a joker. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Man, he's so not wrong, though. Like, as he's talking, every nap I've taken is haunting me. I do like the part where he insinuated that because 911 calls is on the air, it's taken up the airspace from another podcast. <laughs> the, there's like people right. in the shoot, like, come on, fail. <laughs> so I can, like, we, like, there's. A set number of podcasts that can exist, and we're taking up one of the slots. It's like the line up to uh, Everest. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I yeah, want to yeah. summit, and you're going too slow. <laughs> but okay, so here's 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 where things get interesting with a uh, with somebody like this, and this is where I my, my heart breaks actually, because what he's proving is that he has a visceral emotional response to something that that potentially he's built some kind of a dependency or or reliance on what he hears and he's mad because we aren't consistent with providing that and i can't fault him for that yeah that message was a compliment it was a backhanded compliment yes it was like it was like what what this is i need but you keep saying you're going to keep it coming and then you don't or you change it or you do something weird and you're ruining it and he's not Wrong. I think that was my uncle. <laughs> it sounded like somebody that would be at like our family get togethers. <laughs> Just tell, telling it like it is. He doesn't care if you want to hear it. He's going to tell you like it is. And the moon landing was faked. <laughs> I know this guy. He, he's the one that uh, shows YouTube videos of conspiracy theories at the reunion. You know, he's yeah. like, no, you, you got to watch this one. Uncle Reggie's here. <laughs> Like you said, he's not wrong. And I don't know what else to say about that without making it just sound like I'm lame and falling on my own sword. But actually, I can tell you how things are getting fixed is uh, today, a 911 dropped at 5 a.m. this morning, Monday, this morning on Patreon. And I had already done it last week. So we are, we, I, trying to fix that. Let me see if there's any mean comments on it. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Are there? Let me see there's got to be one. There's got to be somebody who's like, meh. People talking about Dr. Pole, the thunder rolls. I guess we mentioned that in the episode. Oh, yeah. And also a bunch of alerts that I didn't beep out one of Little Man's name. No, all this was nice. It looks like. Yeah, it was all pleasant. Yeah, that was all complimentary. Now let's read Pulp Culture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I want to call, call Kevin and read them to him. Call him. Call him. Yeah, call it. Okay. Oh, boy, this is going to suck. Hold on. Let me minimize you here. Okay. This is going to be, this is podcast gold. 
So he's calling Kevin, one of the hosts of the new show, Pulp Culture, to read him scathing comments from our Patreon supporters. <laughs> this is going to be good. Hopefully he's up because he works some crazy shift. Okay, here it is. Oh, there's so many comments. Uh, there's one that's kind of like, sorry. <laughs> this girl just wrote exciting times. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that comment hits me just like everything you say. It's like, I'm not quite sure how to process that. Uh, okay, here we go. I've got it queued up here. Uh, Joe's is really, Joe's, Joe's goes back and forth. It's kind of fun. Hey. We're recording a 911 calls right now. Okay. I just wanted to re- read to you some of the mean comments on Patreon <laughs> about Pulp Culture Podcast. <laughs> Clive Johnson says, sorry, sounds like nice guys, but no interest in the topic. All the best, though. Okay. Um, and to that, and, and, and then, hold on. On that comment, a bunch of people agreed there was a lot of likes, and then people responded. Crystal said, same, but super good luck, guys. Thanks, Crystal. And then under that, Lucas said, I agree. Not interested in this topic at all. Turned it off 10 minutes in. Oh, man. Didn't even give us a chance, really. (laughs) Okay, and then Joe T... Joe T, and this is a separate thread of hate. Joe, Joe T said, so this is what you guys are filling Jack's content gap with, huh? Exciting times indeed. Yes. Very exciting. <laughs> Dark Tower 19 said, not a fan. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Oh, man, he sounds like a Stephen King fan or like that. I can't believe he went on the show. <laughs> Uh, it's important to point out there's for every bad comment there's a dozen good ones see I'm going to be honest right now I'm I'm not a Patreon member yet so I can't see them okay well (laughs) then I'll read one that'll make you feel better then Uh, John Bergeron said not my cup of tea (laughs) I do miss Luna I'm just kidding. Let's go to a good one. Not everybody was against you. Monique Anderson, for example, said, I am not very impressed with this content or the hosts. Maybe because I was expecting more like a 911 or dark topic. This is, hold on, I'm not done. This is way too esoteric for a general population. I hope you guys don't stray far from what you do because this isn't it. That's way too big a word to be a podcast episode. So brutal. Hold on. Liz Williams says, just like a new restaurant, I'm not going to judge by the first run. I'm just having a hard time getting through the episode. <laughs> so it's like, like her style was bad, but she still kept being it. Yeah. And I've been to restaurants like that before, but. Um, <laughs> You know, Liz was a lot more nice with her comments than some of the other ones. She seems yeah, she's because it sounds like if she gets really hungry, she'll come back. 
Yeah, she's not uh, off. She's not completely put off by it. She's going to be back. Yeah. She's like, like she she's extending you an olive branch. Yeah, it's like if she goes to the restaurant across the street and there's like a 30-minute wait, she's like... Oh, yeah, she'll go back to uh, pop culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we were just recording 911 calls, and we were talking about how important it is to be able to take this stuff um, when you're making content and, and not paid any attention. So we just thought it would be a good idea to call you and read you the worst ones on air, live, so that you had to deal with it like... In front of how many people listen to this op, this show? Oh, half a million. Half a million, 500,000 people. Well, that's, that's awesome. Well, we probably got like a 0.1% of that on, on pop culture. So. Especially after that first episode dropped. <laughs> I know, right? It's going to be a mess after that. <laughs> so, I'll be damned. Well, I don't know. Maybe we should make it like just straight up. Like Maybe we should make another true crime show. Why not, huh? <laughs> and well, I'll, I'll end it with one more so that you don't feel bad all day. Um, Johnny Rotten said the entire cast of this show should jump off of a bridge face first into a in, what is swamp infested waters full of sharks and used hypodermic needles. If Sam don't ban that guy, I'm gonna quit the show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I made man. that last one up. That's just how I felt. Yeah, I'm getting ready to be. On, I'm going to be on it regularly. So. Yeah, I mean, we're actually just planning the next episode with you. <laughs> well, we love you guys. Love you too, guys. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, you thanks for uh, taking this really well. Oh yeah. I just knew that you hadn't got to read the comments, and I wanted you to be able to hear them. Okay. <laughs> There's like, uh, all jokes aside, there is like 10 good comments for every bad one. Well, that's, I don't know how good that is because there was like, I don't know, there was like 30 bad comments then. <laughs> I do want to point out that all of the comments that were bad, though, had like a lot of likes. <laughs> uh, see? That cancels out the good ones then. For each like, it cancels out a good one. <laughs> we love you, man. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> that was brutal. <laughs> but necessary. <laughs> yeah. You need that. Oh, man. Stay grounded. Yeah. That was... Uh, think about the, how many times alone you've been sitting in your house absorbing the comments on your own show by yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with no one to chuckle with, you know. <laughs> oh, I... Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. I guess, you know, that is one thing about being wondery is there is no one person who you can offend. You know what I mean? Like you could be like, not a fan, but you don't know. You're offending. That message might end up in a dark corner because no one sees it. You know, they've or got 30 people employed. Well, that, there. but also because you're not being a human being in any of their shows. Right. Right. When, when we take hits... They're shooting at us as as people. Yeah, it's true. When you're hosting a wondery show, they're shooting at a at a nameless robot. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'll take I'll take being a human any day. I I, I uh, feel stronger, better, faster, stronger. I love it. Let's go to the let's go to the actual podcast now. World. Okay. All right. Here's the music. 
is the 911 Calls Podcast with the operator and his exact twin, minus being born and raised in Kentucky and his heroic military service and being born to a completely other mother, Kent Chungus. This is the owner of the Denver Broncos. Oh, hi, Kent. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Not good. Me neither. But I'm great at the same time. Is that how you are? Not good, but great? Nope. Oh. Just I not am. good. Ah, darn it. It's regular old not good. You I mean, it's four o'clock it? here. We started at two. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. My knee hurts. <laughs> That was a long uncut we just did. We, uh, my runtime is like an almost two hours. But yeah, an I'm hour sure and 40 get, minutes. I get cut down a little bit, but uh, that was an experience. We talked a lot, of, a lot about things. That was fun. Um, well, today, I d- guess what I don't have? Syphilis. <laughs> yes. 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 Again, I did not get it again. I also don't have much of a question for you. Like, I just was like, I don't, I don't have a question. I don't have a question. No questions. This is already, we're going to be out of here by, by four. <laughs> so I just wanted to roll right into the beginning of this, this, um, this script that I have. And okay. I'm sure there will be questions that have come that'll come uh, up but, I'm, I, of that I have no doubt. But I'm excited about reading this little bit because it felt good when I was writing it. So Kent, today we're heading to Colorado and taking a time machine back, way back. We're going to pass through the seven levels of the Candy Cane Forest, through the sea of swirly, twirly gumdrops, and through the Lincoln Tunnel, and up, up, up. To the Mile High City, where we will land like a buzzed snowflake on my old apartment on Logan Street downtown. This call didn't happen on Logan Street, though, where I lived, but I knew how to get us to this location from that vantage point. We can see where our story begins, too. So, it's 9 p.m. in Inglewood, Colorado. And all of the trust fund babies have been tucked in for the night by their nannies, some by au pairs, and some by executive assistants who are having affairs. We float through the clean air above all of the Teslas where we've alighted onto a roof just outside the home of a spoiled rich kid who we can see through a large picture window. And this is where the story begins on this very night ten years ago. Along this same stretch of road in a dense fog just like this, I saw the worst accident I've ever seen. There was this sound, like a garbage truck dropped off the Empire State Building. (laughs) How long did it take you to write that? Well, I wrote bits of it, and then I copy-pasted a couple things from movies. So, um, ten minutes? Ten minutes yeah, you spent ten. of your life, because it started out kind of like a a, a Christmas yeah. jingle, yeah, and then it was like at the end there you just gave up, yeah, kind of. Well, I ended with a copy and a paste from Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. So, but 
here's the problem. I pasted that in. And as soon as I said Empire State Building, which was the end of the quote, I was like, you can't one up Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. So the next bullet I have is just says, shall we listen to the call? Please. All right. Here we go. 911, where's your emergency? Yeah, I'm not. Hi, please, please. <laughs> that was it. Do you want to hear it again, just really quick? Yeah, I mean. Okay. Play it again um, right now. 911, where's your emergency? Yeah, I'm not. Hi, please, please. <laughs> that was it. So. Based on what you heard, what what do you think happened? We're in we're in Englewood, Colorado. It's nine something at night. A Tesla battery caught on fire. Mm, that's a good idea. Because what you've you've described this place as being upper class, yes. kind of Silicon Valley ish, mm-hmm. kind of um, a Tesla battery caught on fire. Um, um, tofu expired. Yes. Um, she saw the label and dropped. Yeah, the label. Uh, a Mac a MacBook crashed. <laughs> yep. Um, this is you're right. This is the Silicon Valley of Colorado, or Silicon Valley, if you will, if you know what I mean. A lot of breast implants, probably. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going for. Yeah, um, I figured. After this hang up, nine one one dispatchers called the number again. And they got this. Are you ready for me to hit play? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. This is the owner of the Denver Broncos. I am sorry, Kay. I have a crazy girlfriend that is leaving my house right now. Nothing is wrong at all. <laughs> okay. Did he say this is the owner of the Denver Broncos? Yeah. Also... I'm gonna play it again, and you tell me: Is this a voicemail, or is this is this like a voicemail answer? You know, like your 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 what do you call it? Your when somebody calls you, tell me what you think. Here we go, one more time. This is the owner of the Denver Broncos. I am sorry, Kay. I have a crazy girlfriend that is leaving my house right now. Nothing is wrong at all. Okay. That wasn't the voicemail. If that's a voicemail, I mean, they fought a lot. (laughs) It's just a blanket statement. Yes. (laughs) He's like, I get too many domestic violence calls on me, so I gotta gotta put this out there. What's hilarious is the way he answered that. It was like, this is the Denver Broncos. Owner of the Denver Broncos. I I don't want to, like, blow your load. (laughs) <laughs> or anything here, but is this actually the owner of the Denver Broncos? No, but it gets even weirder than that. So uh, we will dig what into year was this? 2015. Yeah, weirder because this isn't even the Denver Broncos that had John Elway. Funny you should say that because John Elway is actually on the board of directors uh, at this time, but... John Bolin, who is making this call, is not the owner of the Denver Broncos. Actually, Pat Bolin is. John is his son. 
So he's one of these trust fund babies that's been tucked in by their au pair. Oh, so he owns the Denver Broncos. Yeah, so anything daddy owns is also mine. Yeah. And this isn't the Denver Broncos that had Terrell Davis. No, I don't know who that is, but he wasn't in any of the reports I read. So, nope. But there's more to this call. I thought it was funny how the beginning of it sounds like a voicemail, so I cut it so that it seemed like, you know, we've got twists and turns in this episode. Um, But the call continues. Would you like me to play the rest? (laughs) I hate this guy. (laughs) Me too. Oh, wait. You're going to hate him even more. You're going to hate him. Hate him, hate him, hate him. All right, here's the rest of it. Ready for me to hit play? Yeah. Okay, here we go. You can call the sergeant of the police, Mickey Horton. You can call Dave Abrams. You can call anyone you want. Please do not do anything right now. Nothing is wrong. I swear on my life. Okay? Um, and what is your name? John Bowen. Johnny Bowen. Okay. Nothing is wrong here. I have a girlfriend who needs to leave, and she is leaving, and everything is completely fine. Okay? Okay. And, and, and what, is, what is your name? Everything is fine here, and there's nothing to worry about. And she is leaving right now. We are loading her car up, and she's just trying to ruin my life. So. Okay. And and uh, why was she? Why did she call nine one one? Okay. Were you guys having a verbal argument, or? No, no, no. She's leaving right now. Okay. Okay. Where am I? Where am I, Dad? What? Why? If she's leaving, why is she screaming in the background? Because she's crazy right now. Okay. She's leaving right now. I don't want to have. You know what? Everything is fine. She is leaving now. There's nothing to worry about. Nothing happened here. Okay. Nothing to be said. And I'm sorry. What was her first name again? And are you guys boyfriend and girlfriend, or? No, not anymore. Oh, as of when? Uh, as of, like, about four hours ago. Okay. And who else is in the apartment with you? All of her stuff is outside, and she came back inside to get her dogs, which I was taking care of. You know what? And, and she's leaving now, and I have nothing to There's nothing to be said at all. Okay? Okay. But you understand that a female calling and asking for help on 911 is kind of a big deal. John? Yeah, no, this is ridiculous. I have done nothing wrong. I didn't say you did anything wrong. I never said that that you did anything wrong. But you understand a female calling 911 asking for help is kind of a big deal. Can I talk to her right now? She has had seven beers. Okay, that then... 95 pounds, and she is being picked up by another male who she works out with. She is fine, and she is trying to cause a problem. Okay, then it sounds like maybe you need help. The blood, as the blood, as the blood of the city, I'm telling you right now, nothing is wrong, and she is leaving my house. Okay. Okay, then, then maybe you need help escorting her out. No, 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 no. 
That's the blood of the city. <laughs> he literally said he is the blood of this city. Oh, the, the, please tell me this guy dies in this 911 call. Oh, he doesn't. He does not well, die. the blood of the city. Do you know who my daddy is? Oh. <sighs> this is... Hmm. Uh, but do they take his word for it? I mean, they should, right? Hell, his daddy owns the, the Denver Broncos. So it's interesting to think, though, that a, a guy like this has grown to be Don't a, just say a guy like this. This is a friend of the mayor. They'll show a little respect. <laughs> You're right. The blood of the city. The blood of the city. You're right. You know, when the blood of the city has to call 911, you have to remember that everything for the blood of the city up to this point has been fixed in his life. Every problem... Every situation, uh, he's at his daddy's house, he said. He's at his daddy's house. And they're fine. They don't need any help because the concierge... <laughs> oh, everybody is helping. What's a concierge do? They're basically a slave. No, oh. the concierge would be, would be somebody who, who takes care of, like, goes, fetches the car or takes your bags or... It's a. It's literally a concierge in a home. Like they have concierges at hotels. Like you know, th- this guy, th- whoever this is, he's he's just there at the home to help. He's he's like the butler. Hmm. I. Can't, oh. This is the blood of the city. The blood of the city. Also, also, he he's got to know that it's going to come out that he's not the owner of the Denver Broncos, but. You know he's used this before. You, oh, yeah. Traffic you know? tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know who daddy is? Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. He said, trust me. Everybody knows who I am. Trust me. You know, I'm a friend of the city, a friend of the mayor. All right. So here's here's a bit of the backs. I almost hate people like this more than I hate school shooters. Yeah. I, I would put them neck and neck. The, the 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 thing that frustrates me about this type of person, it also is a tandem feeling of frustration and also wonderment about our laws, of the way our laws work, our legal system. Because if if I had to tell if if I had to if I had to have you guess, like let's just say the, the cops showed up to this and, and he had acted untoward just you don't need to know any of the story do you do you think he do you think he went to prison no 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 do no. you know his this is the blood of the city <laughs> okay so here's here's i want to make an unemotional alignment of something though in this it, what is crazy is we all know this we all know that rich kids get off yeah sometimes like on the I pain would, of the other of others yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Okay. 
Here's the thing is in reality, we'd all like to believe that they're all so connected that, you know, the mayor just kowtows to whatever happens and the quote unquote fixes the situation. And maybe there, I mean, every city is going to have a level of corruption, but I would, I would put the percentage of times where a situation is just fixed for a kid which means that somebody manipulated or acted in a corrupt manner to, f- to fix the situation, I'll bet is 5% of the time. I know that 95% of the rest of the time, it's a lawyer who knows the law so well, he's worth every penny, and that's how these kids get off. It, it's not necessarily that the mayor is willing. Or in. Get in. For example, that actress that was caught paying her daughter's way into college. Yes. Good point. Yes. So all of their Who's life that is... actress? The one from Full House, right? Yeah. Lori Lough- Laughlin. Lori Laughlin, yes. Yeah. So she's using her influence to get someone in. To buy her rich daughter's way into the college that she wanted. Right. Cutting out applicants that did the work yep. and made the grades. Yep. But her mommy... Is a famous actress, so she can buy her way in. It is. It's gross. It's gross that they have that kind of influence or that money has that kind of influence. But I, I think the majority of the time, if I'm, if I'm looking at it objectively, it's not necessarily corruption breeding corruption. It's that the money is paying for a lawyer that knows how to how to identify the mistakes that a police officer would make or the mistakes that a prosecution has made and that's why they're paid so much is because they know hey you could have an airtight case against my client and there could be tons of tons of proof and evidence and everything but you didn't fill that paper out right and so this whole thing goes away and and it does it goes away you know so let me give you a little backstory on this john bolan son of Denver Broncos owner Pat Boland, who at this point was actually had stepped away from daily duties um, because of his age and, and, and natural things that were kicking in as far as age relation, his age. The team, though, the Denver Broncos, was still being controlled by the Boland Trust. So this is a family endeavor. Uh, and and what was really happening was the ownership of the of the team was sitting in sort of a tide pool. The the, the family's not going anywhere. The ownership isn't going anywhere. Just because Pat Bolin is not feeling well uh, doesn't mean that the ownership just. It's not like the president where you yeah. just get rid of him and the vice president comes. No, uh, the ownership doesn't change. CEOs might change and the the executives might change in on a team, but the ownership of the Denver Broncos was a family affair. And so what was happening was this guy's getting old and he's not capable of the day-to-day tasks. So it just kind of went into this loop where they were just sort of waiting for a family member to develop our, an interest in being the new head of ownership for the Denver Broncos. Imagine being that rich. For us, it's like, oh, when dad gets of age, I'm going to take over the 97 Ranger that we've been working on for 15 years. (laughs) That's worth the Kelly Blue Book value of $900. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And the problem, this is almost Game Game of Thrones-esque, where a kid like John Bolin probably... Is it is a rightful heir 
in this case. If the family owns the company, family owns the team, all John Bolin has to do is apply himself, you know, not screw this up. <laughs> but instead, he's sort of the Hunter Biden of... <laughs> Yeah, we don't talk about Hunter Biden a lot, do we? No, we don't. Smoking crack while some chick blows him. We just—it's because all the smoking guns are stuffed. Like there's no there's no smoke in the air. So if that ever happens, I think we'll start we'll talk about him more. But but you know what I mean? Like this guy just he he can't get out of his own way. Uh, He can't. There every problem he has is fixed by a concierge. (laughs) So. All right, so this all took place uh, June of 2015. Arapahoe County Police Department came and arrested. Wow, it's called Arapahoe? Arapahoe. It's an Indian tribe. That's, you say that first word wrong just a little bit, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you've, you've bound a prostitute is what you've yes. done. Arapahoe. <laughs> or you punched them really hard with like your knuckle <laughs> on the head, like a noogie, like... Argh. Twenty dollars. That's what I said. Arapaho. Um, no, this was the Arapaho County Police Department. They uh, arrested John Bolin and held him overnight on domestic violence charges. Uh, again, this was June 2015. He was arrested around 10:15 p.m. after he allegedly pushed his girlfriend against a bathroom wall. Also, this thought just came into my head, and every once in a while, this kind of thought comes into my head. It's, I'm doing a show that will be publicly distributed about this person. (laughs) I hope they hear it. I gotta walk real careful. Why? Do you want to have a show to do anymore? (laughs) What's this little puke gonna do? Swear him. I hope. Fingers crossed. Piece of shit. I just this have little to bitch use... didn't even make it into gin pop. He was in one <laughs> knot. That's what's infuriating. Infuriating about it. He he didn't even make it into gin pop because I know when you get booked in for a knot, you're in segregation for the first day or two. So right. You don't even make it into gin pop. Yeah, you're drying out. That's all that's happening to you. I swear, this guy. I hope he hears it. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to use the word allegedly a lot, and I think no, he did it. Swear, okay, okay. So, so the police said when when Bolin pushed the girlfriend against the wall in the original blood of the city, the blood of the city pushed his girlfriend against the wall. She dropped the cell phone. At which point, he picked it up and hung up the connection with nine one one. So he. He knew what he was doing, you know. Upon arrival, the police heard a man yelling and a woman crying when they arrived at the apartment. Uh, after entering, Bolin told officers, quote, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't do anything. And I'm going to call Harvey. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So. Who's Harvey? The concierge? He's so delusional that he literally tells these police he he just presumes everyone knows everyone he knows harvey is his attorney and he just calls him by his first name his whole name's harvey steinberg like the cops were going to be like oh shit he's calling oh, harvey harvey dang it and they just walk away we're like oh okay sorry 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 it's harvey dent <laughs> police said that the woman who goes unnamed in the report, well, at least in the news, uh, she came out of the bathroom and told them that that Bolin had become enraged when she mentioned that she was going to contact help for him when he made comments about wanting to kill someone he had a prior conflict with. 
So this is definitely two drunk people talking. You know, it's like overly dramatic and everything, but silly and and also I'm so glad it made it <laughs> to to a recorded 911 call because it says so much. It just it gives you a map of privilege. You know. Uh, just, the most privilege. The most privilege. Um, she she went on to tell the police that uh, he had been under the influence, allegedly. I'm going to put that in there. Allegedly. He, he had been. Okay, probably. But allegedly under the influence of alcohol and whippets, which is a nitrous oxide filled uh, cartridge that users inhale to get high. It's like an inhaler, but it's just nitrous oxide, which is basically the same as laughing gas which I also had an experience with my friends. I think I've said this before. My friend's, uh, friend's dad had a dentist's office and, and his son and some other kids broke in one night to use the laughing gas. And they didn't know that you have to turn on the laughing gas and the oxygen at the same time. And they just turned on the laughing gas and the first kid that put it on his mouth killed him instantly. It killed him? Killed him. Dead. Dead as a doornail because you have to have a mixture of oxygen and nitrous oxide in order for you not to just die like a like a wasp. Did he giggle? I don't think so. I think it was more of a gurgle. Was he like... <laughs> <laughs> Something. I don't know. I wasn't there. But, uh, but yeah, that's rough stuff. Uh, I remember seeing a cop's episode one time where they pulled this lady over and she was so high they opened her door and these blue inhalers just came falling out of the car she had whippets all over the driver's side yeah i've seen that have you yeah crazy crazy um uh so she tells she told bolin she threatened bolin i don't know she she said that she was going to call 911 because of his behavior and went into the bathroom to make the call so uh he ran in and shoved her against the wall she drops the cell phone she says she wasn't hurt but was fe- was fearing for her safety um at this point in the story it feels like the lawyer for the Bolins may have been talking to her like, okay, all right. I mean, we know the phone dropped and everything, Sandy, but but were you hurt? Well, no. Oh, okay. That's important for you to tell them that you, you know, this look. Oh, man. I just, I wish I had that wisdom. I wish I had that kind of experience to be a terrible, dirty lawyer like that because it shows you that our laws work if you know them. And that's not even an underhanded thing. It's like good paid lawyers know the law and most of us don't. (laughs) You know, we always, we always make fun of, of rich people for getting out of things, but it's not that they're getting out of it all the time because of corruption. Like I said, it's somebody just knew the law well enough. And I wish we all had that, but we get uh, public defenders. Yeah. I think I've talked about this before, but I worked in corrections for a long time. And uh, I I would have to ever so often do court duty where I would stand up by the judge, you know, and every time that a lawyer would come in, a public defender that had a big suit and greasy hair, I always thought in my head, obviously I can't say it out loud because it's court and there's a lady that... It's like right. topping everything. <laughs> in my head, I would see her. I would see that dude come in, the public defender. His papers aren't like all pushed together and lined up. They're always like random. Like he just pushed them together like with a, a rake. 
and then carried him in, right? And he's rushing in because he's late. And his suit is way too big because he got out of bin at like TJ Maxx. Right. Yeah. And every time that guy come in, I would always think like, oh, you're swear, man. You're going <laughs> he had to just prison. gotten out of a Geo Metro out in the parking lot. Yeah. Because in real life, not everything is my cousin Vinny. <laughs> right. Yeah. In real life, you go to prison. It's true. Well, and if you're you're absolutely right, our our prison system is full of people who just who had bad lawyers, probably did something wrong. Like all these rich kids are doing something wrong, but there are loopholes and avenues. And, and, and that's the other thing is everybody has to do their job right to keep somebody in prison or jail. That includes paperwork done by the police. That includes the dispatcher. That includes all these people. I can't tell you how many people I've seen where a lawyer has gotten them off because the police didn't Mirandize them. Yeah. Or, or didn't Mirandize them soon enough, and so all of the things that they're saying are count compounding evidence that this person did something wrong can't be used because they didn't Mirandize them. You know You know what the difference is? You remember the Sega Genesis? Yeah. Remember the Game Genie? Yeah. If you get in trouble, everybody has to play the game, but rich people can afford the Game Genie <laughs> that has the cheat codes. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, yes. we got to play the same game. But I get to slide it on the Game Genie first. You're right. You're totally right. The crazy thing is, and I'm not I'm not discounting the fact that corruption doesn't exist, because I think it, it exists. That's good, because it definitely does. It definitely does, and corruption oftentimes is the heaviest hand in some of these people getting cleared of of like that one uh that one district attorney from Chicago, her last name was Fox. She literally just dropped all of the Justy Smollett convictions, like everything he was being charged, not convictions, charges. She just dropped them. She just had a, yeah. just cause she could. Yeah. And now she's like out on her ear, but, but we're not like putting her in prison or anything. She, she literally just said, nah, 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 just letting it go, letting it go. And she has a press conference and says those things, the gall to say those things over to the public, you know, and we're dropping it all. Why? I don't have to tell you that. We're dropping it. <laughs> Amazing. So corruption does exist. Do you know who I am? Yeah. Do you know who my, do you know who my mom is? Um, so corruption exists definitely. Uh, but but so much of the game genie's cheat codes are literally just understanding the nuances of law, and that's frightening and amazing at the same time. I think. Yeah, but people with a public defender, they're playing the game straight, maybe even on hard mode. Yeah, hard mode, impossible no ga- mode. No game genie. No game genie. They're also, in 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 many cases, I would say, when they have a public defender, they've got a manual that is either in another language or literally written with the wrong instructions. <laughs> like, did you ever play a game where it was left, right, left, right, up, down, you know, ABBA, and, and those, that was the code. You were supposed to put that in, but you kept doing it and it wasn't working. Yeah. You know? Because they have the problem with fatalities all the time yeah. on Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And you're like, why can every kid in school do this code except for me? And you're like, I just want to rip this guy's spine out and then throw it at the camera. Yeah. Why? It's a simple need, but the code doesn't work for you. And, you know, in in this case, sometimes, well, I'll tell you who gets smart, almost as smart as lawyers are 
prison inmates because they have all that time to look into legal documents and lawyer, you know, yeah, they do. that knowledge. There are some prison prisoners in there that end up giving legal advice. I mean, they can't, they can't act as a lawyer or anything, but man, there's some guys in there that, well, also some of them have been dealing with the legal system since they were, you know, 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And they're 45 and they could almost be lawyers. Yeah. And they probably beat a lot of lawyers, but again, because they're on the other side of the glass, that is from an optics standpoint, seems to do them a disservice when it comes to judges and you know whatever. So it's it's crazy. It's weird. So again, corruption definitely a component. Always no. Oftentimes it's leveraging the law that we all get to abide by. But anyway, so he was held overnight, just like you said, drying out in lieu of bail. He had a court appearance the next day, the next afternoon. The records showed that he was held on two class three misdemeanor counts of third degree assault and third degree harassment. Third degree assault is so subtle that you probably could could claim that the McDonald's worker that handed you your drink too gruffly in the drive-thru was third-degree assault. Yeah. That's how dumb that. Nothing here is going to stick. Nothing. So he was granted a pretrial release. Bond was set at $1,000. So that means that I don't remember how Colorado works, but it's highly likely if it works like everywhere else. He didn't have to pay $1,000 to get out. He had to pay 100 because it's 10%. Yeah, 10%. Right. And then, then it it was his next court date wasn't for a month. Here's what the judge handed down for him. He said that the that Bolin he had to stay sober, and he couldn't handle firearms, and he was allowed to contact the alleged victim. Oh, <laughs> but they couldn't live together. Oh. He was going to put his foot down. You know, I said I said earlier that rich kids get away with shit, and I take that back. Yeah, right. He got, he got, boy. Not allowed to hide in firearms? For how threw, long? Threw the book at him. Threw it. How long? I didn't even say. Didn't I bet it was say. months. He had to. I, Probably Yeah, months. he really bent him over. He yeah. never held, handled a firearm anyway because the concierge always did that. But now he doesn't get to at all. Now he doesn't get to at all. And now. If he finds one. He wants to. Because he wants to, you know, that little ant, that little contrarian inside of his head is like, Okay, now you just told me something that I need to try to do because I need to prove that I'm powerful. As the blood of the city. Yeah, and I'm not going to suffer any consequences. It's the blood yeah. of the city. He knows the mayor. Yeah, he can handle firearms if he wants. So at work, remember, his dad owns the Denver Broncos, so he has a place that they actually call work. It's yeah. sort of like Job on... Um, yeah, Arrested Development. Arrested Development. It's yeah. like he shows up, but... Yeah, got an office, but he doesn't know what he does because no. he doesn't do anything. Yeah, and he doesn't really even know how much his suits cost. Price keeps varying. Um, so he was placed on an indefinite, indefinite leave of absence from the team. Oh, damn. Yeah, that same day. Same day. Uh, the, the Denver Broncos came out and said, quote, We are disappointed to learn of the matter involving John Bolin, who is a son of owner Pat Bolin and an administrative employee with the organization. While this is a personal issue, he is accountable to all club and league conduct policies. Bet you money that club and league conduct policies 
allegedly fix a situation as long as the police haven't gotten involved yet. Yes. Yes. I, I would wager. If this didn't make it to this point, there would have yeah. been no consequences whatsoever. No. No. Uh, just to be fair, though, after the police got involved, there were no consequences whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> exactly. Could have gone one way. Yeah. But it definitely just went that way. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. They went on to say, quote, as such, John will be placed on an indefinite leave of absence from the organization. Oh, at least two weeks. That's what indefinite means. Exactly. Whenever you're talking about a spoiled kid indefinitely getting your cell phone taken away, you're not going to have mm. it until 5 p.m. So he was actually among the Broncos employees. Um, and the year prior, he had attended... Uh, required domestic violence seminars that they held for the team. They held a whole bunch of different ones. They held two sessions at their suburban practice complex. I don't know what that is, but it's a suburban practice complex, so it sounds like maybe more of a retreat than anything. In Kentucky, because we're a poor state, it's actually held in the back of a suburban, a 1998 (laughs) suburban, with no AC and dog hair all over the back seat. A little battery-powered video player. Yeah, one of those that, that folds up that you buy at Walmart. You can hear the DVD spinning up. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's hard fitting a football team in the back of a, of a suburban. It is. It is. The only time they're used to that is when there's a cheerleader back there. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> and uh, if there's a kid like this involved, this bowling, you know, one of these, that cheerleader is usually unconscious unconscious had been crying and john had told all of the rest of the team to step out of the car yeah because they know who his dad is his time wow we're not wrong allegedly okay so um so yeah he attended two sessions on domestic violence these seminars uh one was at the suburban practice complex and one was primarily for coaches and players and they had another one for other football staff and then they had two sessions of domestic violence seminars for their employees who worked at the downtown stadium so everybody is getting all of this training because of this little rich spoiled piece of shit Actually, before this. So like oh, this the, is before. Yeah. The, the, okay. It was something that the Broncos had paid for, and it was, like, required if you wanted to keep working at any aspect, in any aspect for the Broncos, you had to go through this. And also, furthermore, any of these other employees that, that didn't have daddy, that mm. John did, would have been fired completely, not put on leave oh. indefinitely. Totally. They would have been fired. Which also tells you that all the other employees' jobs were actually important. Yes. <laughs> because they would have had to have somebody do that job. Yeah, but John rolls in. He doesn't have like a set schedule. He yeah. doesn't even, like I said, he shows up, goes to his office. He uh, he, he gets on, you know, Tinder or whatever. Swears <laughs> around until lunchtime, goes out, eats some tofu and some sushi, takes a three-hour lunch break, comes back, plays Call of Duty online in his office and then he waves to the football players as he's leaving but they all hate him yeah I like that little shit there's that little stupid shit and then he gets in his bins and goes home and beats his girlfriend yeah yes allegedly yeah allegedly um he so does. john is one of seven 
John is one of seven children that Pat Bolin has. So you can imagine how that cat fight goes, you know, as they just throw wads of hundred dollar bills at each other. Yeah. Like Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing I've never understood is how, like you live in a different world. If you literally call your father, daddy, like, yeah, you live in a different world. If you have a concierge. Yeah, it's true. You live in a different world if you know the mayor by name and he knows your name. You live in a different world if you live in Colorado. (laughs) Touche. That place is beautiful. And I don't know how many of the seven children actually worked in the corporation, you know, the ownership for the team. But uh, John, who uh, was 29 at the time, that this had all gone down. Um, he worked in a variety of departments with with the team. And in my head, I feel like this was that scene from Elf where he's down in the mail room, you know, and they're trying to give him, like, where should we put this weirdo? Recently, though, in recent years, he had worked as a corporate partnerships coordinator, which basically means he had to call people to try to get sponsors for the team or manage ads. And I'm sure he like really had to climb and hook his jab, hook and jab yeah. his way up to that title. Oh, I'm sure. Not only to get to that title, but as as a coordinator, he probably had three people underneath him that were barely paid anything who did all the work. Yeah. You know, he's not while he was on Tinder. Yeah. Allegedly. In his office. Yeah. yeah. Oddly enough you mentioned swapping John L- for a punching bag. <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> you mentioned John Elway. Uh, the the year prior to this, Jack Elway, who's who's John Elway's son, was arrested. That would have been May 2014 on charges of disturbing the peace and assaulting his then girlfriend. Uh, mm. So this seemed to be mm, something like a thing, like a family thing. Or they put something in the water down there in Denver. Okay, here's another thing. So Jack Elway, he eventually. In that case, he pled guilty to disturbing the peace, but the assault charge was dropped by the Denver City Attorney's Office. So, again... Well, that's good. Yeah. He was... John Bolin got nothing. Nothing. He rolled right through this. Um, interestingly... Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It's cr- what, did you, what do you say? Did you say exciting times? It's exciting. It's very Exci- exciting. It's very exciting. Nobody saw that coming. No. It would be three years later, though, when Bolin ran into the law again after going 100 miles an hour in the shoulder Mm. on the freeway in California, where several people called 911 over the course of 20 minutes. Ah. So this wasn't just like he was trying to... Do you, what was he driving? I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly what, what he was driving. A car, probably. Um, but, okay, just picture that for a second. If you're calling 911 on a person that's going 100 miles an hour, they are in your, they're in your line of sight and then not in your line of sight yeah. pretty quick. So 20 minutes of 911 calls came in about this guy, not just driving 100 miles an hour down the freeway, driving at 100 miles an hour down the shoulder of the freeway. 20 minutes of 911 calls. Can you guess what his sentence was? I mean, I, they probably, this guy's friends with the mayor. Yeah. But he's um, in California. He this is in California. This is in California. At this point. Yeah. yeah. 
three years I'm going to say that they threw the book at him. He got life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. <laughs> Close. He was sentenced to three years probation. Oh, God damn. The man, let the man live. I know. Just This the, is the, friends with the mayor. This guy, you can't treat people guy. like this. Yeah. Uh, he was ordered to pay $2,415. Oh, my God. And they're going to break his bank? I know. He was going to buy a coffee with that. <laughs> he was ordered to complete a DUI education program. Oh. And and they're going to make him watch a PowerPoint. This is swears. Unbelievable. I know. The things that that the oppressed go through. It's amazing. Here's an interesting thing. So California piles on, just throws all these books at him, and he's just under a pile of books, right? Yeah, he'll never get out from underneath. Never get out from under that. What was interesting was when this happened, it activated Colorado's law, legal forces. He was on probation for the other stuff, but they put out a warrant because he had violated his probation because of the things he had done in California. Allegedly, allegedly. No, he did. And and so they put out a warrant, but as soon as they, f- I don't know, I don't know how this works. This doesn't actually ever happen. This isn't doesn't work like this. Colorado was like, oh, let's cancel that warrant because he's already getting taken care yeah, of. Yeah, and that's there. fair. You know, this guy's got a lot on his plate. Yeah, you know, he's speeding. He's trying to like multitask, and they're making him take PowerPoint classes. There's yep. no need to like. He they took two thousand dollars from him already. Yeah. Have some heart. And, and you know, he was consistent in everything. He was consistently going 100 miles an hour for over 20 minutes. Yeah, it's not like he was more dangerous, I would argue, to stop and then go 100 miles an hour and then stop and go 100. Go as long as he's, like, maintaining 100 miles an hour, that's way safer than stopping and then going 100 miles an hour. And there's nobody in the shoulder, so it's not like he's... This is a victimless crime. It is. You get hit on the shoulder, that's on you, Bubba. If you're stalled on the side of the road when this guy hits you, that's because you weren't maintaining your car properly. It's on you. That, and you didn't know the mayor. Yeah, exactly. Because your car wouldn't have broke down in the first place. After, though, his Jeep passed a patrol car, that officer was like, well, I guess I got to pull this guy over. So he pulled him over. They noticed open containers of alcohol in his SUV. He he kept telling them who his dad was. Yeah, yeah. The police said he made that very clear multiple times. He kept saying, this is who I am. Yeah. <laughs> Also, he was cooperative in that he was refusing to have his blood taken on the scene. Uh, I believe also allegedly afterward. Allegedly. So. So he wasn't there either. Nope. No. He was cooperating by by refusing to do that, probably per the recommendation. Trying to make it easier on him. Yeah. Less work. Less things to do. Less less labs. Um, But yeah, so Colorado... um, uh, they they didn't. Have you ever heard of that before? Like I know people where it's funny because they say I got warrants, and you know that they have warrants in multiple states, and warrants don't just like go away because you know they got arrested somewhere else. They don't do that. That's not how it works. You you would get arrested and then do your time, and then another state has a warrant on you, they'll put you on a bus yeah. <laughs> and send you to that other state. So this is the weirdest, the weirdest thing. So anyway, um, 
that's basically it. That's, I, I was really trying to wrap this one up with a bow of some kind of justice and closure. Well, you did. He got yeah, away. I don't know how he's ever going to get scot-free, which is good. I, I would have hated it if this dude would have to, like, you know, suffer the consequences of his actions. But I know. Yep. He's the blood of the city, and he knows the mayor, and good for him. That's the way it goes. So if you want, step one, do things wrong. We are all going to do that. Step two, don't get a public defender. Get an attorney. Get this guy's attorney. What was his name? Harvey? Get Harvey. Harvey. Yeah. Get Harvey. Step three, know the mayor. Become the blood of the city and own the Denver Broncos. You don't have to. You, you can get your dad to own it, and then you can oh. say you own it. Yes. Right. Probably also don't know the mayor. Probably aren't. Don't be the blood of the city. But if you have Harvey, you're good. You could yeah. say all that stuff. And it's yeah. going to stick. So, mm. well, I have a happy ending. Okay. You want to hear it? I'll unzip my shorts. <laughs> Gross. Also interesting. It piqued my curiosity. <laughs> but let's play the call. Uh, you ready to hear this one? No. <laughs> I don't know if that was a... I don't know what that was, but I'm going to play it. <laughs> Here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing? Ah! Okay, there we go. All right, here we go. Okay, oh my gosh, here we go. Yes, I had, I had a blonde woman nude in a white um, Mitsubishi, and somebody stole her. Somebody put a gun to her and took her. She's a blonde, and she was... When did this happen, sir? Uh, just a matter of five minutes ago. Okay, is she like a family member? Yes. How old is this person? She's uh, 45. And who took her? Huh? Who took her? I don't know. She was in her car. By herself or with someone else? By herself. I wasn't with her. I went her to come back. Somebody stole her. What do you mean someone stole her, sir? Somebody robbed her. Took her. Nude. Okay. Blonde. This, this is a 40-year-old lady who lives with you? No, no, no. She's, uh, yeah, 40-year-old. Yeah, lives with me. Oh, she's supposed to live with okay, me. Okay, now, was she in the car by herself, or was she taken? She by herself. Then how was she stolen? What? How was she stolen if she's riding in the car by herself? I don't know. I don't know. Who is... I, I'm armed robbery, I guess. Okay. I'm sorry? Probably armed robbery. An armed armed robbery? Yeah, armed robbery, I bet. Did she steal something from you? Huh? Did she steal something from you? No, no, no. No, no, no. Okay. So, the, what's missing is the lady? The lady and her car. And her car? Yeah, and her car. Mrs. Weezy. Gone. White. Okay, sir. Have you been drinking or anything? Yes, I have. Okay. What I'm getting from your story is that you're telling me that this lady was stolen? Yes. Okay, sir, that's really... Uh, not possible. Oh, okay. And she's, if she's driving in the car by herself, then no one took her. Okay, she's sneaking out of here. Okay? Okay? Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Not, Just I happened. Get, 
It sounds like John Bolin allegedly got a lot older. Like, all the words he used aren't ones humans use. Yeah, he was describing kidnapping. (laughs) And, but saying as as stealing a human, which is really the way an alien would describe kidnapping. A naked blonde woman in a Mitsubishi. And then at one point he's like, 40-year-old blonde woman, Mitsubishi, white. I don't know if he's talking about the woman or the car, but... What in the world? You don't have any backstory on this, do y'all? Nope. <laughs> yep. I don't. Yep. Nope. We got we learned everything about Josh Dickface though. <laughs> John Dickface, whatever his name was. All I have is the I mean, sometimes on these it's so mysterious. I mean, they're funny, but that one the file name is literally somebody stole a blonde woman. <laughs> Did she ask him if he was under the influence? Uh, yes, she did. And he and said, he said yes. 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 Also this, here's the question I have is, is let's just say that story's standing up, which it's not because at the very end he says, all right, she's trying to sneak out of here. <laughs> so I'd, again, I don't know how he thinks is going to enlist the police to stop this from happening. But let's just say the story stands up. It's impossible because he's like, I don't know anything about what's going on, but she was stolen at gunpoint. I'm not with her. (laughs) Yeah, that's the question. Like, how do you know? Maybe they're doing a kink thing where (laughs) what this just the more you dig into this, it's just more questions than answers. It, It feels very much. I don't know if I've already referenced Bob's Burgers in this episode, but it feels like the owner of the building where they have Bob's Burgers, Mr. Fish Odor. The guy in the white, that Colonel Sanders looking dude. Yeah, Mr. Fish Odor. It sounds like a call he would make, like a woman is being, a woman has been stolen from me. (laughs) (laughs) Are you drinking? Yes, yes, I am. Yes, yes, I am. I'm having a nice peach schnapps. (laughs) Now that you mention it. Just so weird. It sounds like you made a machine listen to a thousand hours of 911 audio <laughs> and then create its own 911 call. An AI 911 call. Oh, you're, oh, gosh, that's just like, I don't understand. How's, how is he not in prison for whatever he's involved with? <laughs> what you, he knew Harvey. He knew Harvey. He knows Harvey. He's the blood of the city. Probably in that town, too. Oh, anyway. I thought that one was weird. See, in the beginning, I thought he said somebody stole a, bl- a naked blonde woman. In my head, I thought, I know where this is going. It's going to end up being a blow-up doll or one of those real sex dolls. Have you ever seen oh, those real sex dolls? The, like, silicone, like, look look real. Yeah, sex, and they got, like, holes and... Got all the orifices. Vagin, vagin hose. And the yeah. men have the dicks. I don't think. They got dicks, big long dicks. They don't make any of these. And did you know that the men real sex dolls, you can change out the dicks on them. No. And like a white guy, you can put a big black dick on it or a little bitty dick. I don't think that's you can, possible. You can, it just pops off and then you pop another dick in. Realistic looking dicks too with hair on the balls and stuff. I don't think anybody would buy those. But that's the way the real sex dolls work. Probably not a market for those anywhere sounds like debauchery i'll show you one on marco after we get done recording here <laughs> big dick Thanks i'll pass huge dick i'm gonna pass all right send me pictures of it hugs everybody i can take it all <laughs> bye